0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of CoreCast, the podcast of the Cornet Northern California chapter. This episode of CoreCast is brought to you by our sponsor, Impact Group, the future of work company, world-class end-to-end workplace solutions. All right, so technically this is season six, episode two, but uh, more on our numbering uh, in just a moment. Uh, My name is Robert Teed, and I'm thrilled to be your host for this episode, and if I don't flame out today, I get to host many more of our CoreCast episodes. The chapter has asked me to be the regular host of CoreCast, and I, of course, jumped at the chance to do so. This is work I really enjoy doing, and it's one of the ways that I can give back to the chapter. Uh, My hosting duties, well, they'll include bringing you CoreCast on a more regular basis. We have been a little bit sporadic in the delivery of episodes, and we will structure the pod into seasons and episodes like many of your favorite podcasts. And as a team, and there really is an amazing team behind this effort, we'll be bringing you guests and content that are timely and relevant to what's happening in the world of work and workplace, with a particular focus on the Northern California region which uh, we all know is home to some of the most exciting companies and work and workplace developments on the planet. So a little bit about the voice behind the microphone. Well, when I'm not hosting CoreCast, my day job is as founder and CEO of Integri Group, where I'm an executive coach, a strategic advisor, and a consultant. And if you're interested in learning a little bit more about me and my work, you can visit the show notes and see a link to my personal website but I'm here really because of my long-standing association with Cornet Northern California. And that association started two decades ago. And during that time, I've served as part of the chapter leadership in various capacities from 2013 through this past March, when my term as immediate past president ended. Going forward, I'm an active member of the chapter I'm a facilitator in the chapter's leadership development cohort, which we're going to talk about a bunch today. And of course, I'm the host of CoreCast, if all goes well today. I am super excited for today's episode because I get to invite in one of my favorite people, Emily Ranson. Uh Emily's day job is as co-owner and principal of Magnus. She also serves on the board of the Northern California chapter as the administrative director, which... Is either the glue of the chapter or the grease that keeps the wheel spinning, maybe a little bit of both. Uh, And additionally, Emily is a published author of the book Growth Junkies Unite, and she somehow finds time to be a facilitator in the leadership development cohort, along with me and Adriana Girdler of Slay Project Management. And to top it off, Emily's a coach to entrepreneurs through her own practice known as Traction for Growth. And her most important job is mom to baby Vivian, who we may actually hear from during this podcast. So, <laughs> Emily, welcome to CoreCast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Uh, thanks for that very warm introduction. I appreciate it. And oh, yes, absolutely. We'll, we'll try to keep the chirps down from baby Vivian.
0: Now she can show up as much as she wants. Um, you know, you, you do a, a number of things. What did I miss in my introduction of you?
1: Well, thank you for that warm introduction. First of all, really appreciate it. And we're not going to have any fun today, Robert. No fun at all. So not at um, all. yeah. Uh, the listeners should just be aware that things could get a little animated here. <laughs> but I really just want to say thank you for that warm intro. And really the the thing that I'm almost most proud of is this culmination of my career of moving from, from my passion with entrepreneurship and and owning and running several businesses to also translating that to helping others run fantastic businesses with my coaching practice. And it's through a, a specific set of tools and principles called the entrepreneurial operating system, or to those of us that know it, EOS. And it's based on the wor- work of Gino Wickman and his book Traction. And it's really about, you know, this chance that that you're doing as well to give back. You know, we we get to this point where, you know, it's really about what do you want to stand for and what's your legacy? And I'm I'm really Thrilled that we get the chance to do that, you know, both in our business and also here with with Cornet, uh, and we'll be talking about that in our time together today.
0: Well, thank you for all you do, and I'm I'm going to get a couple of chances to thank you as we go throughout. Um, because this is a chapter port uh, podcast, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your involvement with Cornet Northern California. You know, how long has it been? How long have you been on the board? Kind of what keeps you excited about the chapter?
1: Well, and ditto to you. Thank you for everything that you do and have done as a Cornet member myself. So, you know, as you were reflecting on your two decades, I was kind of feeling the same that, <laughs> you know, I uh, have now this kind of longitudinal view. And so it, with my decade of, of involvement with Cornet, one of the things that I realized, thanks to, uh, you know, colleagues and friends like you, is that the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. And I, I learned that early enough to where, you know, I've really just found that Cornette is there. It's my peeps. You know, I, I love being with um such a great community. And so for me, it's, it's, you know, a passion, a labor of love, whatever you want to call it. But it's it's definitely been something that, you know, I've thrived in. And so I'm really super excited for our time together today. And I can't wait to see where our conversation goes. So oh, okay. for me, it's been this arc of, you know, uh, being involved at, at the grassroots level on, on, Committees and that sort of thing to leadership with being in this uh, couple of board positions over the past few years through the pandemic, which was strange and interesting and um, heartwarming to seeing us pull together and really strive to create even more value for our members to create that sticky factor that we need in order to to hold on to the members we've got. And so, you know, you and I came together at the perfect time with this idea back in 2021, and you know, so here we are. We get to talk about that and and um you know, hopefully inspire others to get more involved.
0: Well, and as, as one of your peeps, thank you for your service to Cornette. I, you know, I can speak from
1: uh, Aww, experience.
0: <laughs> no, no, you've been so critical to the success of the chapter over the last several years, certainly through the last couple when it's been so challenging. Oh
1: man, Do you remember doing the playbook?
0: I do remember doing the playbook
1: playbook. on on what to do to handle a pandemic. I mean, it was like every single week, every single month that we were just making all these changes moment by moment. Uh, it's just well, fascinating study, you know. For well,
0: hopefully future. we don't have to use that playbook again for a while. Uh, oh, but yeah. uh, but if we do, we're we're ready we're and, ready. and uh, yes, absolutely. Well, so M, you know, the main reason we're here together today is to talk about the chapters leadership development cohort, which you'd mentioned. You know, we we sort of came up with that concept in 2021. Uh, we took it from idea to action uh, fairly quickly, and we launched it in 2022 in February. I'd love- It's for... because you
1: and I don't work very well together.
0: That's right. We just don't work <laughs> There's well no together.
1: meeting of the minds, right? <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, let's let's do this. Let's give listeners an overview of the LDC. Um, I'd love for you to sort of, you know, give your perspective on it and kind of the the details of the program.
1: Yeah, thank you for that opportunity, Robert, because, you know, I, you and I are both passionate about that. And I feel like I can speak very, you know, confidently for both of us. When I say how proud we are, to have created and kicked off this new way of adding value to our fellow Cornet members. I mean, you know, the fact that we, we are members ourselves, you know, we're always looking to kind of push the boundaries of what's possible for uh, our fellow Cornet members. And so, you know, when you and I started talking about this, you know, it was really based on us being on the board together and having this fundamental passion around not only recruiting from next gen through you know, uh, Cornette's uh, young leader mentor program and through CAPS University Student Program, uh, if you know, into our CRE industry. I mean, let's face it, Robert, you and I, it's not like we went to, to college to get into the CRE industry. I mean, there's a lot of us that kind of happen upon it, and so being more purposeful about finding that talent is really critical. And you and I have been trying to get out in front of that. And then the same thing about adding value once we've got them, like creating, like I said earlier, that sticky factor to, to stay in Cornet, right? So you and I felt that there was a real opportunity for what we term the missing middle. And it's it's really about these folks, you know, like like you and me that have gone through this period where you're kind of mid-career and you know, you're longing for these deeper connections rather than just kind of the shotgun approach of just attending some events. That's kind of surface layer. Really, it's about taking it a level deeper and also making sure that we're creating the opportunity for these portable and vital skills that are needed to advance in career, whether, you know, it's leadership opportunities or not. You know, that's something that that you and I felt very passionately about. And so I'm, I'm really thrilled that, you know, again, you know, here we are, our first year in seeing the, the, you know, the seedlings that we planted now sprouting and taking root. And that this, this group, this cohort, they're, they're digging it. They really are. I mean, they're, they're going outside of the framework of what we've built and, and taking it even deeper by getting together outside of the, you know, the cohort structure and doing some fun networking and some events themselves. And that's how, you know, that it's working, you know, that's, that's where, you you know, it's, it's, it's heartwarming that that you and I are getting to. It's it's like baby Vivian. <laughs> you know, you get to see the results of of your your work, and it's um I get the spidey tingly. So yeah, it's it's good. It's good stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I I'm equally excited about it, and you know, and I I love this idea, and we'll we'll hear a little bit about uh, that from some of the members. Uh, this idea of connection. Um, and the in the fact that, you know, the sum of the parts are, are far greater than what we anticipated. And and there's sort of there is a structure to it. There is a learning environment that we create, but it's certainly become, you know, something that's a little bit larger than what we envisioned, which is super exciting. And frankly, that's kind of the magic of Cornet is to is to take the power of connection and to make it You know something bigger than just the 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 parts, right? And so we do that over and over again in Cornet and LDC is just another example of that. So I'm super excited about it. Um, If and we'll we'll as we kind of talk and certainly as we get towards the end, we'll give folks that are listening, you know, ways to learn more about the specifics of it. But um, just to sort of touch on that, yeah, just to touch on that a little bit. You know, it is that is a learning track of uh, 60 hours. And so it's a big investment. Um, I think the current participants would agree that that's a good amount of time, but you know, it's it is this is robust learning, and uh, and it's really uh, um, really designed to be a value add uh, and something that is practical and immediately applicable, not just academic. And and we're going to touch on that a bunch. That's right. Um, but you know, and it's it's one thing. Emily, for you and I to talk about it. It's another to kind of hear about the program though, through the voice of the participants. And so, you know, you and I asked a couple of our, or three of our current participants to share their experience with the LDC. Um, We're gonna hear from Jen Esner and Jen is the Senior Managing Director at Newmark. Uh, And this is Jen responding to the question, what was it about the LDC that encouraged you to apply in the first place?
2: So I think what encouraged me to apply to the LDC program is that I really had been wanting to take a more active role in Cornet. And I saw this as an opportunity to uh, make new connections within Cornet, within the CRE industry, you know, in the Bay Area and beyond, but also have the ability to connect on a, you know, a tighter level with industry peers who are, you know, also striving to advance their careers. And doing so in this small group learning environment seemed like a really great opportunity to achieve both.
0: So some of the things you touched on, Emily, were in what Jen just talked about connection, cohort, et cetera. What what else did you hear in there?
2: You know,
1: I I love that she picked up on what I said earlier, which is you're going to get out of Cornette what you put into it. I mean, in my mind that's really the, the most important thing that I was hearing from her. And, you know, I think from, from her standpoint, she also wanted the intimacy of kind of the, the smaller group peer-based setting where, you know, you can really get, you know, this tighter ability to, to have, um, you know, three to five years from now, somebody you can call and say, you know, what was the backstory on that, you know, or, or, you know, have that, that deeper connection than just People you just generally see at events. So I'm really delighted to hear that that was a significant thing for her.
0: Yeah, it's it's been interesting through the pandemic, too. That's one of the key learnings I think we had, not just with LDC, but just generally is this desire to, to have these more intimate connections and cohorts.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Um, you know, oftentimes we've done things that are very, you know, big, large format, but, you know, we've really found a lot of take up with some of these smaller. Um, things like the LDC. So that's really, you know, sort of validating for us as we go forward. Um, you know, let's hear from Mike Vargas. We asked him the same question. Uh, what was it about the LDC that encouraged him to apply? Uh, and Mike is the global real estate portfolio leader for uh, US West for IBM. And here's Mike.
3: Well, actually, um, Personally, I had started my wow. personal leadership uh, journey a uh, couple of years ago. Um, and uh, so I've been running into situations and, and, and different scenarios, right, with, with leadership and, uh, and a new role that I had, I had taken. So actually, when I learned about the, uh, the the program, I knew that I had to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. I felt that I needed to, I mean, like anything else, improve my, my, my skills and, and, and leadership. Uh, I always uh, aspire to to improve and, and be the best leader I can. Um, so as soon as I saw the uh, the program, Cornet um, uh, Northern California Cornet uh, announced the program. I knew I had to sign up for for the program.
0: So Mike um, is interesting in in his experience with LDC because he got promoted or took a new role, I should say, very early on in the LDC, and so. So exciting that he could actually
1: apply something right then and there.
0: Yeah, I mean, very practical for him. And so what else did you hear from Mike in there?
1: You know, the, the, really the phrase that I grabbed onto that was just, you know, again, that spidey tingly happening, aspire to improve, Mm -hmm. man, that resonates for me. I I just light up when I hear that in other people. And I think it's because it's really, you know, one of my five pillars of importance and why I wrote growth junkies unite my book, because it's in my mind, if you're not a lifelong learner, you're going to dinosaur out, you know, it's, it's evolve or die, grow or die. And I would much rather be, you know, if you look at, at, you know, life as kind of two ends of a stick, I'd rather be at the growth end of that stick, right? (laughs) I mean, you know, so it's, it's kind of this, this ethos that, that those of us that, that are EOS followers, you know, our core values, it's grow or die. And Mike gets that. I love that, man. Mm
0: -hmm. I dinosaur out. I just learned a new phrase. I love that. So there you go. Well, and let's hear from Henry Massey, what he had to say about why he was attracted to LDC. Um, And Henry is SVP of Workplace Technology and Strategy at Impact Group. And here is Henry.
4: Yes, this one's an interesting one, is uh, the CEO of Impact Group actually approached me and said, hey, you know, the Nortel chapter is having a leadership program, and I think it'd be awesome if you joined. I didn't even hear about it quite until he had notified me. And um, I, at that point in time, I was transitioning from vice president of workplace strategy and technology to senior vice president. And I thought, you know, this would be a fantastic opportunity to, to finally take an actual course on leadership, right? Like we, we've all, I think a lot of us have probably taken leadership courses back in the university days, but that was quite some time ago. And also, times right now are also changing, right? Um especially pandemic, post pandemic life, I think leadership is taking on a different definition um, or, or or requires a particular different approach perhaps. And me going through the transition, I said to myself, you know, what better time than now to actually invest in myself and, and grow as a leader that I want to be and make sure that I am communicating effectively, you know, not only for um uh, you know some team members that I know that kind of reciprocate in the same manner or in terms of communication style, but for everyone one unified message in in terms of leadership so that's why I thought it was a it was appealing to take this
0: course so so Henry talks about um the changing needs of leadership um uh, in boy that that's important and I don't know about you, but i'm I'm seeing a lot of that topic show up in the work that i'm doing uh and uh, the other thing that's that's really cool about what henry said is that he also had a job change his he actually got promoted uh during the ldc period and so similar to what we heard from mike he was able to take what he's learning and apply it right away but really focusing in on this this idea that that the needs uh, of leaders is, is is changing, at least what their followers are requiring of them or asking of them. I'm, I'm curious, Emma, are you seeing something similar in your own work?
1: Well, of course. And I think part of it is, you know, it, it goes back to what we were just talking about. You got to evolve or, or, or you know, you're going to go the way of the dinosaur. And it's really, you know, we're we're talking about this, this old managerial model where, you know, it used to be kind of uh, people would have to manage up, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. it would be kind of this outdated thing where, you know, the person with perceived power, you know, wielded the the stick. And really that's, that's so tired and outdated now. Mm-hmm. It's really about making sure that if, you know, leadership is all state of mind, it's not a title. And so, you know, f- what Henry's saying is that he understands that it's really important to model your leadership around the needs of others right and that's that's important to blend your style based on the the scenario that's called for or the other people that you're that you're working with right it creates this open space to get to the same side of the table really and so i love that he's really getting that i mean especially in in these times of transition and uncertainty that we've been talking about that you know he he's got this this key that i see that i i get really fired up about and that's creating the opportunity for self-awareness that's your Mm -hmm. superpower you know the second that you can kind of start to see yourself clearly and how you're affecting others you know it can really uh create like i said this open space um where it's it's transcendental almost it you know it can really um change the lens of of effectiveness on teams. And we'll talk more about that as we get into it. But I I love hearing what he was saying about adaptability. You've got to really be able to, to, you know, think about what you're doing and how you need to change. He was willing to look at himself and, you know, he gets it. I love that about Henry.
0: Yeah, no, that, and in the other piece that I love about what he talked about is this idea that while you know, we may have learned some of these leadership things, you know, in, in some of our university days or college days or through experience. We really haven't taken, many of us haven't taken the opportunity to focus in on learning about who we are as leaders. Yes. And it's very similar to what you were just saying. It's like, this is that LDC provides that opportunity and, and Henry's really sort of uh, grab that and run with it, which is, is pretty awesome.
1: Well, and I love your segment in the LDC because of that. And I think it's so important for people that are finding themselves with the opportunity to grow into a leadership mindset, whether it's a title or not, that you're helping them understand to create a pathway of intention. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really about purpose. You know, who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? How do you want to engage with others to get the most out of that experience? And if you're waiting for others to to do it, man, that's, that, that's going to be um, a very long, arc to your your personal uh journey your lesson so yeah yeah absolutely. we'll talk more about that
0: well you know we wanted to know if what we were promising in the ldc is being delivered and uh you know emily we're nearing the end of the 2022 program we've by the time this episode airs i think we'll probably be at or near our graduation date
1: i know that's uh, super exciting
0: Isn't that exciting? It's it's gone by fast um, for sure, but hopefully it's been high value throughout. Um, But we did ask um, uh, what were the biggest takeaways from the LDC program to date? So let's hear from Mike Vargas as he talks about what his biggest takeaways have been.
3: So for for me, uh, it was great to, it's been great understanding the different uh, leadership styles and understand what leadership style I fall under, Um, what definition I fall under, um, that's been an eye opener for for me. Um, One of the exercises we completed as part of this program was what's called a point of view or POV exercise, uh, where you get to define your uh, purpose, vision, and mission. In other words, words, excuse me, what is your why, what, and how. so honestly, for me, that that part itself, it was totally worth it. So that's an exercise that we got to do as a group uh, as part of the program. And that I was and I had the opportunity to do as well as well with Robert T as part of the one on one professional coaching, which is offered through, through this program. Um, also, uh, the other takeaway, which I really enjoy was uh, the project management. Um, part of the program. Uh, so, you know, how can you use project management and, and leadership, right? Um to 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 or how can you use project management management to improve your leadership style um, as well. So those will be the main three take takeaways that I have.
0: So I I love the fact that Mike sort of connected the dots between you know, what he's learning in the project management segment of this yeah. and mm-hmm. him as a leader and, and some of that discovery work. I, I'd be curious to have you reflect on that a little bit as well.
1: Well, yeah, the huge thing for me, Robert, is, you know, the fact that we've created this arc with the the three segments over the, you know, the nine, 10 month period is just so artfully done, starting with your work around creating the set point of you got to start with the Why? right? You've got to have a purpose because otherwise you're kind of a ship without a rudder. And so, you know, what he said about having this, this um, POV work that you do with them, it's again, creating meaning because otherwise, you know, you're, you the rest of this work really doesn't matter. Right. And so you set that tone, Robert, right from the outset, then we get into this meaty work with Adriana Girdler where, you know, it's, it's application based. So, you know, we're taking it from, from concepts to application because if you're not using, if you're not able to apply this work and use it, then it's absolutely 100% worthless. So I love that we've got this arc to the learning that that really, really makes it so that somebody can use this in their daily lives and then the next part of it that i appreciate from mike was the uh the plug around the one-on-ones i mean it's it's really a huge value add that we offer that uh the cohort participants can get time with you or adriana or myself and you know again to bring that that learning not from a group setting but also how they can apply it to whatever's going on for them whether it's it's conflict resolution with within their team or if it's, you know, they're taking on a new role or what have you. And so, you know, we start with this 50,000 foot view of what leadership means and what their purpose or their why is. And then we start bringing it down to the ground with these real skills that are portable. I mean, think about it. Project management, that is applicable to any role in any industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that is money right there. <laughs> money. So, you know, I just, I'm so obviously I, I'm not passionate
0: at all, right? <laughs> not at all. No, we, you, listeners, there's no passion there. So nope. just to put a finer point on the, the one-on-one piece, Emily, that you talked about, mm-hmm. as part, anybody that joins the LDC program gets uh, one-on-one coaching opportunities. Uh, it's, it's part of the program. And uh, so it helps with take what is covered in these group settings and apply it into that one-on-one setting and so participants can bring in whatever challenge opportunity et cetera, that they're working on and work with a professional coach one-on-one on on how to apply what what they're learning and how to apply that to a particular challenge that they're having so um, that's that's a pretty cool part that we offer and i think that's really unique part of ldc is that one-on-one coaching opportunity
1: huge value. I mean, two of the the, uh, the folks that have uh, been working with me have been going through job changes, role changes, mm-hmm. company changes, and, you know, and, and dealing with pretty transformational stuff, both in their personal lives and in their careers. And to see them going through this and finding, uh, you know, such peace on the other side of it, because mm-hmm. it can create this tumultuous environment. And to see them having such excitement around where they see their careers going and how it's translating into their personal lives. It's it's really beautiful to be a part of that and and um you know I feel um so blessed that you know they're they're willing to go there. They're willing to do that that work. Um so yeah, it's it's been really fun to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, I love that. Love that description of that. Um you know, one of the important parts of the LDC is what, the part that you lead around social styles. And so Let's hear what Henry Massey uh, has to say about social styles. And I would love for you to do a little bit of a deeper dive. So first we'll hear from Henry and then we can jump in.
4: So understanding my team's social styles, um, allows me to check myself. And also check the approach that I had with my team members and, and understanding that again, my communication style might not be the same way with individual A versus individual B who might want to see things differently if I'm talking about a specific vision. So I think, again, to, to wrap that all up is, is understanding that not everyone communicates the same, that there needs to be a specific approach with every single person if you are trying to lead a project-based team.
0: So Henry is talking about social styles specifically. And, uh, Am I'd love for you to just to give a quick thumbnail on what that is in you know, help get our listeners intrigued by uh, that piece that we offer.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, Robert, you know, all about this since I was able to facilitate, you know, this workshop with your team at, at ServiceNow. And I think the biggest takeaway, you know, I've, I've done every single self-assessment out there from Myers-Briggs to disc, Colby, you name it again, I'm a growth junkie. So of course I love learning about myself and what I can do to improve. The challenge is Those are great if you want to know a little bit about yourself. It's really hard to know how to apply those if you're working in a team-based scenario. And so the thing I I really appreciate about my, my, gosh, 15 years of working with the social styles tool is that it's really not only about this superpower that I mentioned earlier of self-awareness, it's then communicating effectively by having that awareness of others. Really, this gets down to the fact that 75%, let me say it again, fully, 75% of the world out there is not your social style. It is a thing that drives you absolutely bonkers when you're dealing with other people. And yet when you figure out this sweet spot of understanding how to connect with others in their social style, in their communication pattern, in their way of behaving, it is a key to unlocking Really making sure, like I said earlier, getting to that same side of the table with understanding by by listening with with care, and then really it it gives you the chance to get the most out of those relationships, both in career and frankly in your personal life. And so for me, this is uh, such transformational work, especially as it relates to working on teams. You've got to make sure you want all four of those social styles represented, and to kind of give away the big reveal, it's driver expressive, amiable, and analytical. And with this 10 minute self assessment, you learn very quickly, again, you know, enough about yourself and enough about others to really start, you know, creating this opportunity to get on the same side of the table, where you're getting more out of those communication exchanges, it can really reduce that feeling of conflict that you have, that knee-jerk reactive trigger factor when people quote unquote set you off. And so what what Henry's talking about is that chance to really, you know, dial up or dial down your communication tendencies so that you can set the table. For someone else being at their best, and then you all get your needs met together, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by getting to that same side of the table. And so, you know, the the fact that that Henry gets it, you know, he's uh, I I appreciate that um, you know he was really sounding that out. That that was something resonating for him, yeah. because from my standpoint, you know, this is one of the the catalysts for my career that's been uh, transformational in terms of me. Owning and running a, a couple
0: of businesses. Yeah, and the, the this thread that we pull through, you know, the entire LDC around leadership, um, situational leadership, adapting and understanding teams, meeting people where they are. I mean, social styles is such a powerful way to sort of sort of pull that out and understand it. And uh, it, and as That's you right. mentioned, you know, I went through. Uh, that with you in uh, a team I was leading at the time and really, really powerful uh, outcomes from that and immediately applicable, not academic in any way. It was walk out of the room and start using it. So that's really right, powerful. it
1: provides kind of a common language you know so that you can say to someone look you know i i can appreciate that from your lens you need more information you need more data and yet i want to make sure that we can get this done as effectively as possible how can we come together on this mm-hmm. you know when you come at it from that standpoint man it breaks down a lot of barriers
0: right absolutely well let's um let's hear from jen esner of newmark about what her biggest takeaways were. I, I think you're going to hear some commonality in, uh, in what she says. Let, let's hear from Jen.
2: So some of my biggest takeaways of the LDC program to date, I think it's really thinking about who my audience is at all times, no matter the circumstances, um, always finding ways to inspire and connect and think creatively together as a group. Commercial real estate is an industry where the scope of completing a project truly takes a village. Irrespective of what your role is within that project, um, it's about the team. And even in brokerage, which is what I do, the success of any broker is inherently dependent upon the support by those
0: around you. It's about the team. I think I hear mm-hmm. some uh, some common themes. What do mm-hmm.
1: you think? So rich. I mean, these you know these three and their comments are just so spot on. Um, and, you know, Robert, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on what um, Jen has to say here, because it really folds in with, you know, what I've been saying about uh, self-awareness. And so I, I, you know, I'd love to hear what your takeaways are on that.
0: Yeah. I, and what I really love about what Jen talked about is this idea of knowing uh, your audience. And And Jen's in this unique position where she is. Uh, an individual contributor in many ways, yet she's leading a team of folks that, um, you know, have to come together to create a successful, successful outcome for her clients. And she may not necessarily manage all of those folks, but she's in this place where she has to lead them. So, you know, knowing the audience, knowing how to do that uh, is, is really important work when you do that type of work, like what Jen does.
1: Mm you said it really well. I mean, it's like I I said earlier, leadership is a state of mind. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's something where you can either get the most out of those opportunities or, uh, you know, those, those, uh, life lessons are going to be presenting themselves (laughs) on a reoccurring basis until you figure it out and you get it. So why not paddle down in the stream of life rather than feeling like you're paddling upstream and, you know, she's, she's figuring that out. She's got that.
0: Absolutely. Well, listener, we were also curious to know what improvements have shown up in the work lives of our participants uh, as they've kind of worked their way through LDC. And, and so we asked about that. Um, we're going to hear from Mike Vargas on what's shown up for him. Here's Mike.
3: So I personally let me just circle back to the uh, POV. So having a good definition and understanding of what your white, what and how. Uh, So again, going back to the POB uh, exercise that we that we completed has probably changed the way I see things and the way I have, uh, you know, I conduct my leadership on on a personal level and a professional level um, has helped me, uh, you know, understand what my priorities and what I need to focus on. Um, So basically, that's, that's pretty much one of the, you know, one of the things that I have uh, definitely got that I have got out out of this program.
0: So I I love that you know that he's speaking about this what why and how um, that that he was able to sort of grasp uh, you know sort of work his way through and then grasp as part of the the LDC and the specific tool that we use to do that is that leadership uh, POV and then using that to sort of figure out what his development priorities were that to me that's just a really powerful. Uh, way to, to sort of walk away from this part of the LDC and I'm curious kind of your thoughts as well
1: well Robert it's it's reflective of you and your facilitation style that you would set the table for these folks in this cohort to be taking something that could be just theory you know anyone can go you know read a book and and take a, you know, executive MBA program. The thing I appreciate about you, Robert, is that you bring it down to the ground with application. You take these concepts and theories, you know, that are 50,000 foot level that anyone could read in a book and you actually put them to use, right? To me, that's what makes this cohort program, like I said earlier, money. (laughs) It is right now These folks are getting the chance to really use this stuff and it's, it's helping transform not only their perspective of how they see themselves, also how they work with others. And that's what I really appreciate about how you framed up the, the three leadership component uh, layer that you did right from the outset. So, you know, kudos to you and uh, you're hearing that Mike and these other participants have gotten a lot out of this, this time. So, um, you know, thank you thank you for what you did
0: here thank you for that i i appreciate it 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 definitely though uh is a uh you know sort of a three-legged stool and the one thing i would say is true across you know all three of the segments that that uh we have is that it is all applicable yes there's some theory yes there's some academia to it but At the end of the day, what you and I agreed to, and this is so true of how Adriana operates is we're not going to bother to put anything in front of anybody that isn't immediately applicable. And, you know, as you've said, anybody could go take a program that's academic in nature, but we want people to have immediate value kind of walking out of a session, uh, whether that's the group setting or a one-on-one setting and put that into into action right away. So
1: thousand percent. and I yeah. think that's the one of the nicest parts about this is that, you know, we're we're meeting folks where they are, and really making this personal to them, and Absolutely. curating something with enough structure, but also flexible, flexible, nimble components to it that we can reach each person wherever they are in their arc. And I I, I love that we've got got this structure that's customizable. So I, I feel. Like you know, again, in terms of adding value, we are right there, man. I love that.
0: Well, let's let's hear from Henry on this this topic of time management and time generally as is one of the improvements that uh, that he's seen. Uh, here's Henry.
4: Time when I started at SVP, there were a lot of things happening. Again, this is a transitional phase for me. I was transitioning from being a doer type leader, a lot of hands-on running the organization, running VD, running the team management and rolling into an SVP or transition SVP, you no longer have the time to be doing all of these things. You need to be thinking more strategically on your feet on how to you know, take your division to the next level and, and growing as a practice in terms of revenue as well. So I had to learn time management fairly quickly. And these are things that even like Robert T helped me understand and saying, he he gave a quote that I won't forget is like, Henry, are you trying to grow horizontally? or Are you trying to grow vertically and horizontally, meaning you can take on as many tasks and and do things as you want. But at the same time, you're just growing sideways. You know, you're not growing strategically as you're trying to do for the process. Therefore, Perhaps you need to start thinking about, okay, how do I uh, maybe delegate better? How do I block off my calendar better? How do I bring in people to help me grow and to help help also grow the practice in the strategic direction that I want? So time, that was everything that I, I learned of this course.
0: Yeah, so, you know in LDC, we can't give people more time. I wish we could, but we can't. But <laughs> what, what we've been able to do, and Henry's a good example of it. And, and you know, granted, he had a huge promotion uh, during his time with LDC, but how to think about his highest and best use differently. That's a real estate term. Anybody here that's from real estate will recognize that that term. But how should Henry be spending his time in whether he's growing horizontally, which he highlighted, or vertically. And clearly in his role, he's decided that, look, as, as I grow vertically, I need to think about how I spend my time differently. So yeah. I love that he was yeah. able to zero in on that. Thoughts?
1: Uh, 100%, 1,000% agree with that. It's something that I'm going to be focusing on in the final segment that I've got with our cohort. And the thing that I love about that is that when you harness this piece uh, that Dan Sullivan Calls your unique strength. It's it's you know the tool that I'll I'll be using is called the delegate and elevate tool from the entrepreneurial operating system, and really it's anything south of the horizontal line is where I see a lot of people go to die because it saps your energy. You want to do what you're you love to do and are best at. That's your unique ability, and and so this creates the awareness of you know what is it that you need to do to shed some of those tasks and and things that drain your energy because it's going to give you the the energy and and truly the power of focus so this is uh something that I've I've become very passionate about especially as as you know we've moved through these uh, strange times it seems like there's a lot of uh, uh you know uncertainty and people are being asked to do new things and all this kind of stuff. And so if you can start to figure out your sweet spot of what you love to do and are best at, it's really going to light up that, that career arc that you find yourself in. And you can be more intentional about guiding yourself there. And, Mm. and that's what I love about, you know, seeing what this cohort is coming into. And I, I can't wait to see what their capstone projects, you know, how they apply this to their capstone projects. So, yeah good stuff
0: yeah i that that theme of intentionality i i think yes. you keeps know,
1: coming up doesn't
0: it does keep coming up and i love that well let's hear from jen esner on kind of what she had to say about the improvements that have shown up for her here's jen
2: i mean the first i would say is um doing a better job focusing on remote zoom meetings i mean I, seriously this is an area where i'm Tended to struggle even you know before the pandemic where we were forced to take meetings on zoom I get distracted by other tasks and not do a good enough job seeing the moment of uh, what's being presented on the screen so that's one of them. Um, to uh, considering a greater level of detail for you know really process oriented tasks specifically for the section of the course where we focus on project management, which really requires an extreme level of detail to make sure everybody stays on task on time. Um, and I, of course, anyone in project management will also throw in the, the term on budget because that's what's most important to them and everybody else. And thirdly, I think, you know, along those lines is, is gaining agreement from all parties involved, all stakeholders, so that everyone understands what their task is and not letting anything fall through the cracks at the end of the day when you know we're all working together to complete a project.
0: So I wish Adriana was on because she'd probably love what Jen just said, but kind of where she ended with this idea of gaining agreement. Yes, that's certainly part of Adriana's piece, but I think it's a theme, frankly, that kind of is pulled through every one of the three segments is this idea of meeting people where they are, you know, using all these different skills to sort of get everybody on the same page, gaining agreement. I think that's such a powerful thing that uh, Jen just talked about.
1: uh, For sure. And, and look, there's times where agreement or consensus isn't 100% possible. And yet, if people feel heard and invested in, they'll, they'll come along, right, you know, they'll, they'll, you'll get commitment, which, you know, if, if you're a study of Patrick Lencioni, that leads to accountability, which also leads to stronger results. And that's the thing that I think is the the underlying piece here, the continuity piece between, you know, your segment around the leadership part and then moving into um, Adriana's part around project management and then, you know, my segment around bringing it all together with some some personal uh, and and professional skills that you can apply. And, you know, that's that's in my mind where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that uh, that's the exclamation point here.
0: Yeah, love that. Well, listener, finally, we we wanted to find out uh, how participants are using the lessons uh, learned in LDC, and it's exactly what Em and I have been talking about is whether they were applicable, immediately applicable, or whether they were too academic. So um, let's hear from Henry Massey once again.
4: There is no one way to successfully lead, but the one thing you must do is listen. We all have our own ways of leading, but remembering that everyone has a different communication style is also key. We don't all operate the same. So you have to know your team. You have to know the individuals that you're working with. And um, if you're, again, speaking to a single person in a conversation, understand how they operate differently from amongst their other colleagues. But most importantly, you need to build trust all while being authentic with yourself and others. People choose to listen and and or follow you, not because of who you pretend to be, but for your organic self.
0: So, wow. Isn't
4: that powerful?
0: (laughs) Yeah, react.
1: Oh, man. He is singing my song all (laughs) over the place. I mean, first, the level of self-awareness that it takes to be able to blend your style to others. You want to be authentic, Yeah. That's what he's talking about is this authenticity. Uh, and yet we also need to be able to dial up and dial down those communication tendencies to help others be at their best self, their authentic self. And the fact that he's getting that, wow, uh, I, I so appreciate. And I bet the people that work with Henry appreciate the fact that he's willing to start from the standpoint of listening first. Mm-hmm. So powerful! So oh powerful.
2: man.
0: Well, let's uh, let's hear what Jen had to say.
2: So, at the end of the day, we are in the people and process business, and as a broker, I'm not in the field of building widgets. I'm offering a service to my clients based on a combination of disseminated information, whether it be self sourced through industry peers or through company resources, coupled with people skills. As a leader, you need to earn alignment of thought to achieve a measured end goal. And that's how I perceive the achievement or
0: accomplishment. Earn alignment of thought. I love that phrase. I mm-hmm. um, That's pretty powerful as well.
1: Yeah, we've got a number of quotables in here. <laughs> I, think, I
0: think you're right. I think there's probably four or five t-shirts that we're going to need to order yeah. for
1: this. Yeah, we've got some bumper stickers ready to go. That's we'll have right. to you know, hand those out at Cornette events, right?
0: Well let's uh let's hear from our good friend Mike on uh, this one as well.
3: Uh I, from day one I've used it on a, on my daily uh you know on a, my day-to-day basis. Um just the fact that I'm aware of of you know the different leadership styles, the different tools that I've learned through through, through the program. Um again, go back to my toolbox, I just I, I, I get to use them in an everyday and just makes me aware, you know, and and, and understand that where, where I can go to, to, uh, you know, what tool can I grab from my toolbox to to improve it. And a lot of those tools have been added as, as, as a result of taking this program.
0: So I guess that answers the question of whether or not, you know, lessons were immediately applicable or to academic. I mean, I heard, you know, Mike say that, look, he's putting this stuff into action right away. I'm, I'm not sure if that's what you heard, but
1: and he feels like he's got a toolbox. Yeah. So he's going to pick and and pull from, you know, those tools that are are useful in the moment. And wow, I, I I feel like you know, Robert, you and I set out to to do something here to deliver something, and to see that it is resonating, is. It feels good. I just got to say it. It feels really, really good. And I'm delighted to hear that, you know, this is making an impact for these folks.
0: Yep. I I couldn't agree more. Well, you know, you and I heard a lot of great uh, feedback about the positive impact of the leadership development cohort. Um, And was there anything that stood out to you that we didn't touch on for some reason, as we kind of listened to what people had to say?
1: You know, the one thing that I always come back to is what can we do to improve? And I, I would ask these listeners here, if, if y'all are coming up with some ideas, please reach out to Robert and me. We would love the chance to level up. And we're always open to what can we do to, to add more value, especially if it's something that, again, resonates for our members. So we're here uh, anytime reach out to us over social or, you know, you can get to uh, get either one of us through um, the Cornette membership directory. So, yeah, that's my passionate plea at this point.
0: Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. You know, we want to be constantly improving this program, constantly improving the value that it brings to our participants. Uh, And, you know, we'll put in the show notes how to how to reach out uh, to give that input and feedback and, um, you know, make sure that you know how to get in touch with MRI. Um well look, special thanks to Jen Esner of Newmark, of uh Mike Vargas of IBM and Henry Massey of Impact Group for, you know, even being willing to share their experiences.
1: Yeah, um, big golf clap yeah, on that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, if, if somebody is listening to this and they're curious to learn more about uh the LDC and w- what should somebody do to learn a little bit more? You sort of started down that path, but um yeah. what what should yeah. they do?
1: Well, a couple of things. Obviously, you and I are certainly available. Uh, we are actively seeking participants for the 2023 cohort now. So we're accepting applications. And, um, you know, you can reach out to us and we're happy to, to send you that application. Uh, you can certainly check out the social feed on um, Instagram and uh, LinkedIn for the the cornet page and we've had some posts there so certainly there are a number of ways that that we can all get connected
0: yeah I love that and, and again we'll have more specifics uh, in the show notes so web addresses uh, LinkedIn uh, links etc so you can go specifically to that but as, as Emily just said we are taking applications for the 2023 cohort it's an intimate group you know it's somewhere between uh, 15 and 20 that we like to have in that group. Uh, and so if you're interested, we really would love to have you apply and hopefully jump into the 2023 cohort. So um, uh, very exciting times and trying to get that that course filled up. so Well, Emily, thank you for joining me today and uh, I know we took a lot of your time, but I just so appreciate you and appreciate our partnership and and just you're just such a bundle of energy and I just thank you so much for all you do.
4: Oh.
1: My heart swelling right now. You know, if I could hug you through the microphone, through, you know, the the podcast, I certainly would. I, I come back to you and I did this for a reason. And to see this come full circle, it feels so good. And I really hope that the listeners can think about this, not only from where they're sitting, but think about it also from those that are around you. If this resonates for someone, you know, please share it. Please share the podcast. Please share the the application for the 2023 cohort, help us spread the word, please. That's my passion plea for the day. There you go.
0: Yeah. And to just kind of reiterate that point, you know, we do ask that you share this podcast with your friends, your colleagues, your peers. We ask that you post about it uh, on your socials and that you actually post a link to the podcast. Uh, And, you know, we, we thank all of our listeners for taking the time, Uh, you know, obviously Emily and I are pretty passionate about this program. We hope that uh, that is also something that you can feel when you're listening to this episode uh, and that, you know, that we've given you a little bit of an insight into what LDC is both through uh, Emily, Emily's words and my words, but also through the words of our uh, uh, three of our current participants. So. Well, with that, um, you can find links to all of our past episodes on the Cornet Northern California website. You can subscribe to hear our future episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your uh, pods. And as Emily mentioned earlier, if you have an idea for how we can be better, or if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, we'd love to hear from you. This is, this is a service to you, our members. And so we want your feedback. We want your input. And you can uh, find that information on how to get to us in the show notes. That's it for today. That is a wrap on this episode of CoreCast. And until next time, work well and be well.